Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Inside Access pushes the legal limit. High Rollers with Jason and Ken. 105.7 The Fan. And as we do every Wednesday, let's go head out to the Ashley Furniture Guest Hotline, and we're joined by Tim Murray from VEASAN. And Tim, good afternoon. Thank you, as always, for joining us. I want to start with the voice we heard before we came back from the break, and that was in the update, and one stone felt. And I don't know if you're aware of what's going on here, but we, the four of us, have best bets. We pick three every week. Stone is 1-17. and 17. He has uh, missed, he's only gotten one right. He went 0-3 again this week after going 1-2 and last week. How difficult is – and you're a guy that follows this kind of stuff. How hard would it be to miss 17 out of 18 bets? Well, I mean, Stone should uh, make his way out here and be part of the Circa uh, football contest because they have the booby prize, and you could win a lot of money. Uh, you know, people actually turn it into a – they try after having like let's say an zero and five week to start in the in the circa contest. They'll try to get them wrong. So, you know, I gotta look up and see what the record was for the uh, the quarter booby prize. But you know, one in seventeen is tough to beat. So that's that's pretty darn impressive. It's it's almost like when you go to um, when you go to like Bob Evans or Cracker Barrel and they've got that peg game, right? And the goal of the peg game is to have one peg remaining. But if you read the like the fine print, what's almost more difficult is to have eight pegs left and no moves to make. And I, I would say, you know, one in 17 is uh, <laughs> something to be proud of. I'll say that. Well, Tim, let's get to the college slate this week. A top 10 matchup, Oregon hosting UCLA. The Ducks are favored by six points. What's your lean there? Um. Yeah, that's a good question, Tim. I, I don't have a play right now uh, on this game. I would lean a little bit towards the Ducks in this spot. Both these teams coming off a of bye week, so there's no rest advantage one way or the other. Um, you know, certainly have been impressed by both of these teams. I think this is no doubt going to be a juiced up atmosphere with the return of Chip Kelly again, <laughs> and you know it being, you know, up there at Autzen. So mm. I think we're going to learn a lot about these teams. UCLA, I would say, has surprised a lot in their win over or over Utah was was really really impressive the way that they went about winning that game 
But then you look back, it you know, sometimes it's hard to do the revisionist history type thing because that, you know, teams can kind of change their trajectory as the year is going on. But the win over Washington on that Friday night, which was dominant, and we're like, oh, my goodness, this UCLA team is the real deal, and they may very well be. It doesn't look as impressive now. So, you know, I, I always kind of look at where is, you know, where are some of the sharper markets? What are they putting out there? Uh, Circa, in my eyes, is probably the sharpest college football market out there. They're hanging a six and a half while everyone else is hanging a six. I think this might be a situation where the public's going to come in on uh, on UCLA uh, as you know that that perceived popular dog. Now the popular dogs came home last week. Tennessee came home last week outright yeah. uh, as a nine point underdog. You look at uh, U- USC didn't win, but they came home last week as a popular underdog. So I, I would look a little bit towards Oregon here, uh, but not a play that I've made just yet. Looking at this number tonight. Appalachian oh. State minus nine and a half oh, against go. Georgia State. If that Woo. doesn't scream a Tim Murray special, if that doesn't scream a game that you've probably paid more attention to than most people in America, tell me you're on this. Normally I am JLC, but uh, I, I am not on this one. I, I would look at the dog here. It looks like there's some money coming in on Georgia State in this spot down in Boone tonight. Uh, this game was around 10. Now it's trickling down to nine uh some offshore markets have it at eight and a half but i i feel like i'm letting you down this week you are i'm not betting this game there are some games you know off my rate you know a little bit off the radar maybe not super far off the radar this week but uh this is not a game that has piqued my interest at this point in time so i i apologize for for disappointing you talking to tim murray's inside access here on the fan there's a few games this weekend Involving ranked teams, anything like striking your fancy early? Syracuse, Clemson, Texas, Oak State, Mississippi State, Alabama, anything? I'll get you, I'll hit on three of those games. Um, And I'll start with Clemson and Syracuse. This, to me, feels like a spot where Syracuse, it kind of runs out of gas Mm -hmm. a little bit. And maybe Clemson flexes their muscles. Uh, a couple years back, it was I had to look up what the point spread was. There was a game in mid-November. It was number 12 Syracuse against Notre Dame, which was number three in the country in 2018. And Syracuse was catching 10. And all week, all you heard was, oh, my gosh, this is Syracuse is going to keep this close. You know, Notre Dame's not that good. And Notre Dame won 36-3. <laughs> Similar vibes this week. Mm-hmm. Syracuse, you look at what they've done so far, guys, and Dino Babers deserves a ton of credit. You know, he went out, got a new offensive coordinator from Virginia. They have changed a lot. They've got some big wins. But let's look at those wins. Okay, so they beat Purdue uh, in a crazy noon yeah. game. Post-game win expectancy for Syracuse in that game was 18%. They were outgained 485 to 306. Still a win. Can't take it away yeah. from them. But you kind of dig a little bit deeper. Last week they played NC State. Big win, 24 to 9. Devin Leary didn't play. You know, NC State's all conference quarterback, and NC State was just completely out of sorts. And, you know, they were fortunate to win on a Friday night against Virginia as a pretty decent favorite. They've only played one road game this year, and that would be, you know, on the road at UConn. And then I look at Clemson, guys. The strength of this team is the defensive line. And the defensive line this week called – the defensive line coach, that is – 
called out this uh, this Clemson D line, saying he needs to see more heart. I think he said, "I'm not." Oh, I'm trying to find the the quote that he put out there. I'll find it here in just a moment. Uh, his name is Nick Eason, and he had just a remarkable quote regarding uh, his team. He said, uh, "He goes, he's not the wizard or uh, wizard of Oz or Jesus." Wow. <laughs> he needs to see more from this defensive line. Uh, I think he sees it. I think Clemson flexes its muscles. I think they win by, you know, a couple touchdowns here. So I would lay the 13 and a half. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Alabama and Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State, the last two times they've played Alabama, been outscored 90 to 9. And Nick Saban off of a loss his last seven times. Not only is he 7 and 0 straight up, He's 7-0 against the spread. So uh, keep that in mind. Look out. And then my last one would be, there's an unranked team that is currently a favorite over the seventh-ranked team in the country. That's pretty interesting. Uh, LSU is a a one-and-a-half-point favorite over Ole Miss right now. And I think LSU is uh, going to get a win uh, here against Ole Miss. Ole Miss, I would say. That's a stinky line. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's uh that's a neighbor Nick special. Like, hey, Ole Miss is undefeated, number seven in the country. Why are they an underdog against LSU? We're gonna ride with LSU here. We're gonna take the Bayou Bengals against uh the unbeaten fighting Kiffins. I don't know what Ole Miss is right now, to be honest. You look at what they've done so far, uh their toughest games so far, Georgia Tech, Vanderbilt. Uh they struggled a little bit early on against Vanderbilt, so uh, I'm going to go with LSU here uh, against Ole Miss at home. Got to get your thoughts on the Terps. They're hosting Northwestern this week. Mike Loxley said yesterday that Talia Tungavailoa is going to be a game-time decision. Big-time point spread there. Terps favored by 13.5. Do they cover? It's a big one for, uh, for, for us. You know why? Because we have over five and a half wins on Maryland, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We talked about that. Yeah, we we jumped on that train. We're five and two right now. Let's just go get and get that win. Bowl eligibility. Take care of business. I, I don't want anything to do with that point spread, just because the unpredictable nature of the the quarterback situation. I would imagine, uh, you know, Leah's out for this game. I did like what I saw from the backup, uh, you know, last week uh, in that comeback against Indiana, but. Yeah, that that's just not a train I'm really racing to get in front of uh, at this point in time. But uh, let's just get the win, cash a ticket on Maryland's over, and uh, get ready for a, a bowl game in late December for the Terps. Tim Murray, let the people know what's going on at VEASAN. Yeah, each and every week you can hear me with a former Tulane quarterback. Uh, I call him Tulane quarterback now that they're in the top 25 <laughs> for the first time since he was the quarterback. Sean King. Uh, that's from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time each and every weekday. And then if you do want the college football betting info to keep flowing, uh, check out the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. We have three episodes each week, and the big breakdown of each card is uh, is on Thursday. So hopefully you guys can uh, can check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, brother. Yeah, Tim, thanks right, as guys. always. We'll talk next week. All right, see you, fellas. Inside access here on a Wednesday. League at large coming up next. And, man, those owners' meetings are getting exciting, aren't Heated. they? Uh, we'll hear from Roger Goodell. We'll hear from Jim Irsay. Plus, i got to ask Jason about this alleged situation that happened between Jerry Jones and Bob Kraft. That's next here on The Fan. Inside access on The Fan. Inside access to the National Football League. Oh, what are the end 
zone for a touchdown. NFL insider Jason Lockonfora, Ravens insider Ken Wyman. Joining us now, the former Hall of Fame coach Bill Cowher, Boomer Esiason, the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay. The league at large. Brought to you by Valor Home. If you're in need of a new roof, siding, or windows, get 50% off all roofing and siding materials. Buy two windows and get one free. Plus, make no payments until 2024. Call 833-83-VALOR or online at ValorHome.com. 1057 The Fan. I feel that everyone deserves the opportunity to make sure that they know the facts. So speculation is not beneficial. I feel that strongly in my heart. Uh, but I also think it's the right thing to do for anybody. Uh, everyone deserves a fair opportunity. Uh, we'll see what the results of the next investigation is, and we'll go from there. That was Roger Goodell talking about whether it's uh, it, it, it's right to say that Snyder deserves to be removed. Dan Snyder deserves to be removed yeah. as owner of the Washington Commanders. He says it's too early. No, it's before, too early. Five ongoing investigations. Nothing to see here. Before Before we get into it, though, one of his owners, Jim Irsay of the Indianapolis Colts, he, he begs to differ with Mr. Goodell. I don't know. I, I assume, you know, we're going to get in to more and more discussion on that. You know, it's a difficult situation. You know, I believe that there's merit to remove him as owner of the Redskins. Um, I think it's something that... Uh, we have to review, we have to look at all the evidence, and we have to be thorough in going forward. But, um, you know, I think it's something that has to be given serious consideration to. Wow, well, he doesn't think it's too early. Get him out. Jason, uh, I thought this was just going to be a nothing-to-see-here owner's well, meeting. Well, it probably would have been had Jim Mercy not said what he said and then... Um, well, there's something else that happened, too. The league the- tried to... Yeah, but nothing on the agenda. Nah. Nothing formal. Uh, and then the league tried to squash any further talk of this situation. But, I mean, people gossip, and billionaires really gossip. And you'd have to be super naive not to think that that wasn't um, all the buzz when these owners got together and met for a coffee on the side or went to dinner or what have you. Um, I, I want to point something out before you finish. I was watching our friend Michael Wilbon on ESPN mm-hmm. yesterday, and his opinion is this is the beginning of the end of Daniel Snyder. He said in the past, all this stuff, he goes, well, no, nothing to see here. But he says this feels a little like Robert Sarver to him, which what happened in Phoenix. Right. He says this is the beginning of the end of Daniel Snyder. Do you do you agree? I hope so. Uh, it's been a long time coming. I You know, it, it to get 24 of those individuals – to agree to throw him out and then take on the legal battle that will undoubtedly ensue. I, I don't know that that's a slam dunk, and that's where the threshold is, but I think it continues to to, to sort of tip and teeter towards that. I, I'm not sure if we're there yet. I'm not positive that we'll ever get there. I don't think Ursay comes out like that unless he knows that there's a, you know, a core of owners who think like he does. And at this point in his career, I mean... Some people have, like, skeletons in their closet. I think he's got a whole garage yeah. full of skeletons. Maybe like, maybe, maybe a whole wing of his mansion is skeletons. So he, you know what I mean? So, like, if I've got to be the guy, I'll be the guy. Yeah. Like, I've, I've lived an interesting life. 
I've done some stuff. I've seen some stuff. If you want to come at me, son, come at me. But we don't want you in our billionaire boys club anymore. And and he's doing that speaking for a group of owners. Do I think he's speaking for 23 other owners? I don't. What does he care? When so much of his dirty laundry is already out yeah. there, yeah. if some more gets exposed, it's not like it's going to change the perception of the majority of the people that they have for him already. But I agree with you, Jason. I mean, he's not just putting it out there without some owner support backing him. It's an I'll believe it when I see it type of deal when it comes to Dan Snyder get, getting removed from owning Washington's uh, Washington Commanders. But I will say this is definitely a big step towards that. We've never heard an owner come forth that strongly against Snyder. Jason, one other thing that happened in this meeting, this is according to reporting by Seth Wickersham, uh, this was in the owners only, or I guess the one person representing each team meeting. Uh, Jerry Jones seems to have a little bug up his butt about Roger Goodell's compensation. And they were voting to yeah, permit he has the comp- for a while. So they're voting on the compensation committee to open negotiations on a new contract with him. The owners voted 31 to 1, permitting them to open the, the negotiations. The Cowboys were the only ones to vote no. And this led to a heated exchange during the vote. The source said uh, Bob Kraft of the Patriots was part of the overwhelming majority in support for the measure. Jones alone dissented at one point telling Kraft, don't bleep with me, using the F word. Kraft replied, excuse me? And Jones said, don't mess with me. And I guess it sort of calmed down from there. But uh, interesting that Boys will be boys. Yeah. Billionaires will uh, be billionaires. Look, those meetings with one per, they call them, which is, means only one person per organization, um, that's where the best stuff happens, and that's where the things that aren't on an agenda come to life, and that's where organically you can have some some temper tantrums and some friction. Jerry Jones has had a thing for Roger Goodell since the Kaepernick stuff started going on, and he tried to, to lead a mutiny against Goodell. At that point in time, he couldn't get enough, rally enough support to do it. And Goodell got another contract extension since then. I'm not sure if he'll get one after this current one expires. I'm not sure if he's going to want one after this current um, contract expires. But don't get this part twisted. Roger Goodell is there primarily to make money for the league. And the league continues post-pandemic to make more money than it ever has before. Now they're putting games on Fridays. You've seen the numbers for Amazon look pretty good by and large. Doesn't matter because all the inventory sold anyway. Um, they're going to start playing more international games. Like they're growing it globally. So Goodell's putting more money in their pocket, which is why he's there in the first place. And if Dan Snyder is ever thrown out, what Ursay said is great and all. And Frank Reich kind of backed him up, the head coach of the Colts. Hmm. But don't get it twisted. If Dan Snyder was doing all this stuff and the, the commanders were still a top three revenue team in the league. <laughs> you wouldn't be hearing a whole lot. You, eh, nah, there wouldn't be quite the appetite for chucking him out of the club. It's because all that's happening, and he's killed a franchise that once looked bulletproof from a revenue standpoint. And he can't get a new stadium. No. Inside Access coming up next. What has happened to Lamar Jackson and this and the long, deep passing game? Also, Ed Reed has some thoughts on the signing of Deshaun Jackson. You'll hear those next here on The Fan. Inside Access. 
Inside Access with Jason Lockonfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. Your master's and bachelor's goals haven't changed and neither has Stevenson University's online commitment to you. Visit online.stevenson.edu. 105.7, The Fan. The Ravens have themselves a new wide receiver. His name is Deshaun Jackson, who practiced for the first time with the team today. Interestingly enough, Ed Reed uh, was doing a podcast and was asked about Deshaun Jackson coming to the Ravens. This is what he had to say. Isn't this exciting? Isn't this exciting, Deshaun Jackson, as I'm doing the 33rd right now? As we speak, Deshaun Jackson is with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm excited. You know, why am I excited? Because Baltimore... Baltimore gets an explosive receiver who can stretch the field. And I don't care what DB you have. He is going to have to have his Lamborghini shoes on that day because Deshaun Jackson, he's a beast. You know, um, I hope that everything is well with him physically. He's been taking care of himself. I'm sure Baltimore did their homework and due diligence. I'm sure Deshaun is excited. You know, and, and Lamar is excited because he gets another weapon. You know, you get somebody on the other side. You get a vet in the locker room, somebody who's played before, who's been there, you know, and, and, and been through some things who can help some people. It's Eric, Ed Reed on the 33rd team uh, talking about Deshaun Jackson. Well, Jason, what do you think of Deshaun Jackson? And might he be able to add the deep ball back to the Ravens, which they really haven't seen since week oh, one? They need it desperately, and we'll chronicle that in a minute. Um, look, I don't know that I'm as amped up for this as Ed. Um, I'm not sure that this Deshaun Jackson is the Deshaun Jackson of three, four years ago. Certainly, uh, he'll still have his wheels, and so long as the, he's all tuned up and there isn't, you know, Knockwood, some soft tissue issue around the corner because there has been a lot of that with him lately. But listening to that, it just kind of brought me back to if this is where we were going to go, which is a third of the season's over and you're bringing a guy off the street who hasn't been anywhere, and if the element that you're trying to replace is the Hollywood element, right, the pure potential burner you have to worry about, why the hell did they sign Demarcus Robinson? Why did they just sign this guy then? Maybe and he didn't get him want into to. shape then. Maybe he didn't want to sign here then. Is it possible? It's possible, but I certainly think that T-bone would be more optimal to him coming in on a Tuesday, signing right, working out on a Tuesday, signing on a Wednesday, having played no football since the whenever he played his last game last year, which I don't think he got through the whole season, did he? Regardless, uh, whatever. Yeah. Best case, it was January. Right, and now possibly being, whoop, here we go. Let's get him out there. It's it's week seven. It's week one for him. Let's go. Well, it's the same situation with Jason Pierre-Paul, right? They brought him in for a visit over the summer. They yeah. didn't end up bringing him in. He had no training camp. He didn't have time to learn the defensive scheme. Same exact thing with Deshaun Jackson. And I love Ed Reed. Probably my favorite uh, football my favorite player Raven. in the hi- history of my life. But I don't know. if I- Now, when Ed played against him in 2012, 10 years ago, agree, <laughs> sure. agree with yeah, him 100% yeah. about everything yeah. that he said. One of the most Des- legit deep threats of that De- era. Yes. Deshaun, can he provide some chunk plays to this offense? I think he will. 
Durability is a massive concern. He played eight games between 2019 and 2020. He did play in 16 games last year, but 22 catches in 16 games. Are you going to get the consistent production out of Deshaun Jackson, who turns 36 in December? I, I just don't think so. Well, he, he had that con- consistent production in years. Exactly. Like, this is a guy who, who unfortunately will have hamstring problems at some point. Uh, he can take the top off a of defense. I saw him in a game against the Raiders, a game playing for the Raiders last year, excuse me, where he made some big plays, but then he kind of disappears after that. But yes, he, he is fast. Uh, but it is a, an interesting way to go about your business to sign guys that haven't played all year off the street. You still hold out hope for a DJ Moore trade? Yes, sure. <laughs> yes. Well, oh, I, I well, why is he here, right? Why is Deshaun Jackson here? Well, let's look at Lamar Jackson on passes that go 21 yards or more in the air this season. He had seven of them. Week one against the Jets. He connected on two beautiful touchdown plays. Bateman of 55 yards. Duvernay of 25. Since that game, gentlemen, he has attempted just 17 of such passes, and he has completed only four of them for 92 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Um, On the season, six for 24 on passes of 21 air yards or more. Those 24 attempts are the seventh most in football, but he has just a 50 passer rating on them. That's 26th in the league, and none of them have really stretched the field. Since week one, these are the completions for Lamar Jackson on balls that travel at least 21 yards in the air. He had one against Miami to Duvernay for 26. He had one against Bateman for 24 against New England. He had one for Duvernay to Duvernay for 21 yards against Buffalo. And GG, he had one to Duvernay for 21 yards against Cincinnati. That's it the last five weeks. Yeah, the, the deep passing game has completely disappeared from this offense. And maybe Rashad Bateman returning to practice, maybe that gets some back. But he caught one week one. Now, he had the 75-yarder against uh, against Miami. Right, but that, that was air yards was slant. about four and a half. Yeah, it was a quick slant. So uh, it would be nice to actually threaten the defense, T-Bone, on the, in the, on the deep part of the field. And you got to start doing different things. If you're Greg Roman, Devin Duvernay, he's been used more underneath. Mm -hmm. You look throughout his career. This year, career high, 13.3 yards per reception, which isn't great when you think of a burner. 10.1 as a rookie, 8.2 last year. Bateman, he's got some speed. Can he consistently take the top off a defense? I just question whether this receiver group as a whole – can get deep. Well, his average depth of targets got to like you, you, that's got to stretch out mm-hmm. for Duvernay, right? Like you got to take a shot at that. Now that looks like Ronnie Stanley's playing good football at left yes. tackle, and you stabilize the O line, and your protection rates are pretty good. If anything, Lamar's got too much time at times. He's holding the ball, getting himself into a little bit of trouble. Then, then that's not what's holding it back. Now, I would say when I looked at the eighteen misfires. Right, he's six of twenty-four. Eighteen incompletions and interceptions. Half of them, nine of them, were were graded as overthrows. So we, you know, we've seen Lamar yeah, miss guys super by yeah. two to five yards. Yeah, downfield. Hey, downfield nearby. The over the last three weeks, this is not exactly accurate. Lamar Jackson. He he missed uh, Kenyon Drake on a screen pass early in the game, which would have gotten him an easy eight nine yards. I'm pretty sure that was on the long field goal that Justin it Tucker was. ended up missing. Yeah. You know, the, J- Lamar Jackson 
it, it, this this last three weeks has not been the best we've seen of him, Jason. No, it, it hasn't. And again, that part of it is the supporting cast. And we'll see if this Lamar, uh, if this Deshaun Jackson thing brings out anything else in Lamar Jackson or opens things up a little bit more for Duvernay or Bateman if he's back. Um, but the Robinson signing just seems weird to me because it's not. But this is what he, they do. He's not a burner. He's not. I mean, like he's a guy. They, they, this is what they've done for years, though. They pluck guys out off late to, to add to their room. This is what they seem to do. Now, Demarcus Robinson has played in playoff games. They, they, he's got experience in, in big games that, that some of these other guys don't. But he's not separating. No. And we'll see. Maybe, maybe DJX will. Inside Access, remember, coming up at 5 o'clock, Ray Rice joins us for his weekly visit. We'll get his thoughts on what happened at, in the Meadowlands Sunday. But coming up next, were we uh, earlier in the year when we were criticizing some of these Eric DaCosta drafts, maybe we weren't giving enough credit to that 2020 draft. Is that peak Eric DaCosta? We'll tell you next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Wyman. The Ginger Gorilla. Lock and Fora. JLC, it's built in. And Barbalace. T-Bone and his nonsensical amusement Ooh. park. Inside Access, 105.7 The Fan. During the offseason, we did an exercise about the draft classes for Eric DeCosta since he took over as GM. His first one was 2019. We can all agree that that has been an abject failure. Marquise Brown, the first-round pick, uh, has since been traded. Tragic passing of Jalen Ferguson. They didn't have a second-round pick. Third round was one third-round pick. Miles Boykin, they traded up for in the third round. Not good. Uh, Justice Hill is still here. Ben Power is still here. But the rest of that draft, there's not a lot of returns. Nope. But the next year, 2020, Patrick Queen, whatever you think about him, he's out there. J.K. Dobbins, when healthy, produces. Yep. Matt Abike looks like a light, a light bulb went off, and he's oh, playing a high level. Oh, yeah. Duvernay's made a Pro Bowl. Malik Harrison's playing. Broderick Washington's playing. Geno Stone, even though they released him, he's now back and playing. I'm a big Justin Matabike guy. And uh, for those who weren't listening very early in the show when this came up, I invoked the name. I said if Justin Matabike does in the second third of the season and the third third of the season when he did in the first third of the season – then you're looking at someone who is going to be seen as one of the best emerging young defensive tackles in the NFL, not just a run stuffer, but a pocket collapser. And three years ago, DeForest Buckner got $20 million. So what might that mean for Matabike, who would be eligible for an extension in January? And then Gigi freaked out and was like, don't, how dare you say that? Slow your roll. Slow, blah, 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 blah. But I got to thinking, this is the same guy who before Travis Jones had played a snap in the NFL compared to Maloney Nada. No, that's not what I said. Yeah, you did. No, I and said. he freaked I, out, I said, T-Bone. Hey, he freaked. Uh, yeah, no. He freaked when I said this guy can I, have I, I feel a like, season like the Farris like Buckner like three years ago. debate where, where words get twisted all the time. I, yeah. I said, what I said was Travis Jones is more Nada mm. than Brandon Williams. And mm. I'm with Ken in the fact, let's slow our roll about DeForest Buckner. He had a 12-sack season in year three. I understand. 20 yeah. quarterback hits. I understand. <laughs> Look, I'm a big Justin Matabike fan. I think he's going to end up being the crown jewel of this draft. He's got two and a half sacks, already a career high. 
one quarterback hit away from a career high, two tackles for a loss. He's going to Pittsburgh and pulling a Warmly. Put him in for two and a half against the Steelers, and that's just one game. Oh, Warmly. He's going to pull a Warmly. He could be good for three and a half, four sacks against the Steelers alone. He hasn't even had a chance to, his, to, his to get going at them yet. His production's not the Forrest Buckley. Yeah. Oh, we'll and see. I'm a big, I'm a big we'll Matt BK oh. fan. Well, he's going to have to do no, better. But my point was, if DeForest Buckner was worth $20 million three years ago, uh-huh. and Justin Matabike stays, because the price only goes up. That's I a long you. time ago. What is this guy worth? What will this guy be worth in January? It ain't going to be cheap. Well, if he stays at this pace, he has seven plus sacks. Which isn't twelve, but still, that's a that's a pocket collapse. And that's I think he could get double digit sacks. I don't think that's I don't think that's out of the question. That would be a humongous development for this football team because they haven't had an interior pass rusher since. He's the the best player on that defense. I don't think it's particularly close right now. I think so, but there definitely still needs to be some consistency. He was that game wrecker in week one, kind of quiet week two. He didn't even register a stat against the Bengals, but I am high on his trajectory. Now that he got away from that Peter King jinx, uh-huh. he can blossom. It's killing Oway right it now. Is. It's it is. It's destroying Oway. It's it's like the old Sports Illustrated. Whoever James. Peter King sources <laughs> yeah. with the Ravens, whoever <laughs> keeps funneling that yeah. to him, and you know, and you know who you are. Stop yeah. it! Yeah, stop Please. it! It's where, not working. You're wh- not fooling anybody. Troy Vincent? You're making everybody look like jackasses. Yeah. Stop, stop it. it! Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Troy. Stop well, it! Yeah, last year, Matt Abike, Enough of that. Yeah, because uh, Oway is not doing much of anything. I, I think Matabike is a hell of a player, a- and I hope. Your predictions come true because that means he's been dominant the yeah. last two thirds of the season. I think he's going to have a big year. I like the I like the way things are rounded into shape. He seems with the much interior defensive lineman. Uh, Harbaugh announced today he's going to be a captain Sunday for the first time ever. So they're obviously taking notice of what he's doing on and off the field. But so yeah, that bodes well for that draft class. And Dobbins, if he's healthy, now he, I don't think he practiced today. The knee stiffened up at the Meadowlands. They said after the game he may yeah, he could have gone back in, but yeah. they said the thing about Moses. I believe practice. that when I say it. Moses didn't practice today either. But if when Dobbins is on the field, he seems to make an impact. Hey, Geno Stone looks like an incredible value pick. Yes, he they does. trust him more than this year's 14th overall. And yeah. they're getting a lot of contributions from this draft class. Now, the level of contributions definitely varies, but we've already talked about Matt BK, J.K. Dobbins. We're very high on Devin Duvernay. Even on Malik Harrison, he played one defensive snap the final six games of last season. He's at least playing a good bit this year. He's coming off a game in which he played a season high in snaps. Broderick Washington is a glue guy part of that defensive line rotation like you said Gino Stone is going to be starting for the foreseeable future John Harbaugh already said uh Marcus Williams is going to miss significant yeah. amount of time so Gino Stone barring injury is going to start the majority of the season well and I think this will be a big Malik Harrison game as well because the Browns what do they do they get they, they get the down and dirty with two backs they want to run the ball they want to control the clock they want to set up play action so um now, they also have the ability to attack him more in coverage because they are multiple to tight end position. Uh, and they do have a legit home run hitter in Amari Cooper. So the coverages will have to vary. But I expect him to to get a little bit of a run here. And, and look, he's going to need it because eventually this, this allotment of potential linebackers should be growing as guys get more healthy. 
You hope as uh, what did a Houston practice Houston today? Houston practice, right? Bowser's out there on the field. Ajabo's out there on the field. They're both in their twenty-one day windows. So yeah, that they they should end up having at the very least depth, which should make everybody better since they're not playing as much. And they are listing Lamar as limited with a hip. Yeah, even though Harbaugh said he practiced in full, which is part of the warm up process. Now that now the injury report says he's uh, he's limited with the hip. Well, look, I think we all Maybe Harbaugh anticipate didn't know. he's playing in this game. But uh, yeah. I think he might have been. I'm going to go on a limb here, T-Bone, and say maybe he was a little late to practice because he was getting treatment, perhaps, for the hip injury that is now designated on the injury report. Hey, man, we know Harbs and in the injury report, right? You know what I he bet happened? the ambiguity there. Stone, got, a, Stone got into that. Stone got a little whiff of what's going around. And they're like, we better clean that up on the injury report. Because Stone, Stone's going to Stone get back to 1057. He's just like, Lamar's got a hip. Stone smelled that out right away. Yeah. Oh, he's got yeah. a nose. He's like, Steve's on screen, screen. He saw yeah. it coming. He knew what play do, was coming. He sniffed it out. Do we think Stone was able to get a sit down with Eric DaCosta after his comments? I don't know. I, he, I'm no. surprised we haven't heard from him at all. Usually when one yeah. of us is out there, there's some form of community. Hey, I got this. I got that. Hey, I'll be back to the station. He's just Stone's a weird texter. He's just going rogue. He, he is a weird rogue. texter. He, he is rogue. He's not much of a reader either. Uh, but coming up next. <laughs> no. Coming up next, uh, it's our weekly chat with Ray Rice, former Ravens running back. We'll get his thoughts on what happened at the Meadowlands and look forward to Cleveland with Ray next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t